0: You're listening to Cards to the Moon, a podcast about trading cards from both a collector and investor perspective. We hope you'll stick around for the ride as we take a deep dive into the state of the hobby, share some hot takes, hopefully some useful advice, and fun stories along the way. Hey guys, welcome back to Cards to the Moon. This is episode 128, and my name is Clark. From Five Card Guys on Instagram and FiveCardGuys.com. With me co-hosting as usual is Hyung of Integrity Sports Cards. John is off again today, but hopefully he'll be back next week. But today we actually have another special guest joining the pod for an interview, which we'll play just in a bit. Uh, you might have come across his Instagram uh, reels um, as he's getting pretty active in producing funny, pretty hilarious hobby content. His name is Denny. And uh, you can find him at Denny underscore Cards at IG. You won't want to miss uh, the interview we had with him, uh, which is coming up shortly. But before we get into that, off the top, Hyung, just want to get your quick thoughts on the Panini Prism Monopoly Basketball card set that was released, I believe, in retail stores like Target and Target, the US.
1: yeah, it's and, interesting, um, huh? Like, uh... yeah, it's
0: it's been getting a lot of buzz, right, for a number <sighs> of reasons, um, including. Uh, well, a couple of reasons that stick, stick to my mind right now: uh, the Trey Young seemingly looking like he's playing against his own teammates, oh, man. <laughs> or or like the uh, the color blast cards that are have colorless backgrounds, right, right, um, and they're going but, uh, for, anyway for,
1: fortune too. Yeah, they which are, is, which so, is crazy. Uh, so, yeah, no, I think you know, I don't, I'm not going to be a hater on this because I know people are enjoying it. I'm true. not, I'm personally not a Monopoly fan, like. I don't have a deck game. of Monopoly deal either. Like, right, right, right. you're not okay. gonna find only cards I'm packing is like sports cards, not Monopoly <laughs> deal. So there's there's people who love Monopoly and they love the collab. Um, so I'm not gonna hate on it. That it's 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 bad. It's all bad. It's not for mm-hmm. me personally, but I don't mind seeing people enjoy the product uh, for what it is. Um, sure. A lot of people actually enjoy. You know the game aspect of it, right? Um, I mm-hmm. personally don't think, from an investment standpoint, uh, the individual cards may hold hold the value. I could see, you know, maybe sealed wax down the road could, you know, um, you could potentially do well with it. But right. overall, I'm not I'm not sold as a as a hobbyist. And but that's just me. I'm not saying that it doesn't warrant, you know, it to be and have its place in. In, in the hobby, because a lot of people, based on the feedback, it's been, it's been great. You know, mm-hmm. that's what I've been sure. hearing more. I, it's typical, you know, you get the hobbyist saying, what is this garbage, hot garbage, you know, right. and then it's just like, you know, uh, the, ha- the other half is like, this is the best thing. This is what I look forward to. So it's, a, it's a tough one for me though.
0: Okay. I, uh, I think we're in the same picture. Like, um, when I first saw it, I'm like, yeah, it's it's kind of weird. Like, I'm not a huge mon- Monopoly guy myself either. Um, and then you know, you always see those um, the like the the ones that who have to criticize it, right? right they're right. they're the loudest voice usually. And then you see that come up in your Twitter or Instagram feed, and and some of them were kind of funny, like Trey Young. I guess Lameem James uh, John pointed this out. Um, clarified. That photo is, is Trey Young playing and, and during like a fan fest,
1: right? That's on Panini. Yes. Even Even if yeah. it's an inner squad game, I get it. Inner squad game, you're playing against the Hawks. But there has to be someone that knows basketball, that is looking at the cards <laughs> and saying, okay, this cannot go to press. Like, there has to yeah. be some kind yeah. of guy that understands basketball that's actually looking through these photos or these cards. Yeah. That's just my two cents, but...
0: Yeah, go on. I, I many people will agree with you. Yeah. Like, they'll see Just the cards like, up, panini. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, panini's been in the news for other reasons as well, right? Uh, looks like there um, some of their key guys are leaving to work for Fnatic. Oh, so boy. there might be some kind of huge transition coming up. Um, I guess that's that's what we're all kind of waiting for. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with what you said. It's not for everyone. Um, if it brings more people into the hobby that like yeah. Monopoly and that's what they're buying it for, then yeah. then uh, that that's a good thing. So I can't I can't knock that. Did you but know? Yeah. Did you know?
1: Two thousand and eleven actually had I don't know if it was Tops they had a Monopoly collab. Did they? Yeah, there was okay. a that. This was back in two thousand and eleven. But uh, yeah, even even the McDonald's collabs I right. I enjoy here and there. But sure, I don't sure. know if I could. Uh, buy to this
0: one yeah and i i mean like for the prices that it's going for it seems like it's an obvious um short-term flip thing like for that sure. would be i would tread very carefully if that's what you're getting into it for. absolutely space jam
1: yeah. that reminds me of the space space jam space blaster jam. Good, boxes yeah. right
0: yeah very good comparison so be careful if you're looking to make a quick flip because it's going to go in a moment the next time we talk about this those prices will have drastically come down in terms of what they're selling for Okay, we'll see how they continue to do in about a week or two. All right, as we said off the top, let's play that interview we had with Denny underscore cards. All right, it's always a pleasure to have new hobby friends come on the podcast. And today, we're looking forward to chatting with Denny, aka Denny underscore cards on Instagram. Uh, We'll provide the link in the show notes below. Now, I always like to give a brief bio for our guests, before we get into the questions. So, Denny's a collector who does a little bit of everything in the hobby, a self-proclaimed jack-of-all-trades, master of none. He grew up collecting 90s basketball cards, left the hobby during college, came back into it with some young adult money, which uh, we'll get into later. Uh, he left again, he says, when he had kids, and he then he came back to the hobby when he turned 40 last year. One look at his Instagram feed, and I could attest for this. Uh, I'll show you that he doesn't take himself very seriously and he loves the hobby a lot. So, with that, Denny, welcome to the program again.
2: Thank you so much. I'm just here not to get fined. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Classic Marshawn. I love it. Love it. <laughs> All right. So, well, in that brief bio, you mentioned. You grew up collecting 90s basketball cards. So let's start from there, uh, f- right from the beginning. Any, Were you chasing anyone at that time, if you remember? And do you still have any of those cards you collected as a kid?
2: Oh, yes. Great question. So thank you all for having me. So basically, if you look at my Instagram profile pic, uh, it's Danny Cards with like the NBA Jam logo in the background. And so <laughs> um, I think I've grown a lot from that, which you know we can talk about maybe later. But when it comes to my love of sports cards, it, it, it does come from... Uh, I had a local card shop just a block away from you know where I grew up in Queens, New York, and mm. uh, that would be the you know after school go to place. Like you know, other people I guess would have like their after school activities or clubs or something that would help them later in life, uh, piano or <laughs> whatever. Uh, I right. had cards. So um, <laughs> growing up in Queens, New York, you know, definitely uh, a lot of New York Nick fans around me. Um, but that was also you know I grew up in the '90s. I'm a I'm 82, baby, right on the line of uh, Gen X and millennial. And so it was Jordan time. I mean, you know, I was captivated Mm -hmm. by him like everyone else. And, um, you know, there was definitely like a lot lot of love hate in the New York area for Jordan, like, you know, a lot of people loved him and hated him and respected him and revered him. But um, yeah, I I mean, there's do I have some of the cards uh, that I grew up that I uh, grew up with or collected? I do. one of the things that I wrote about in early on in my Instagram journey was this uh, pack pulled Michael Jordan scoring Kings, you know, that iconic one with the lightning in the background. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, I gave it away um, trying to uh, make a friend when I moved from New York to Florida, (laughs) and that was uh, like a really bad uh, moment for me because (laughs) I just I just felt like I shouldn't have done it, but I felt peer pressured. By oh this, man! You know this guy to do it. We don't talk anymore, right? but it's, I have no baggage over this whatsoever. Um, no, but like I, I went to, you know, you guys are Korean. I'm Korean. I went to Korea with my family this past winter break. And my my mom saved a lot of my old cards uh, oh, nice. that I had from the early 90s and mid 90s. And, um, you know, like I know there's an audio component to this and the video component. I, I won't show the card because I know for audio, I mean, which is what the, the way I consume all of you. Um, and, and you guys have mm-hmm. a wonderful podcast. I heard, Thank by the you. way, I heard someone is selling a Luca silver prism, which let's talk after the show. <laughs> <It's Clark. laughs> I,
0: I'm putting my hand up. Yeah. I know. I heard that.
2: <laughs> no, but like, um, you know, this uh, probably the best card out of all of them, because a lot of them were just like, you know, base Jordans or like, uh, you know, $3 Jordans nowadays, right. um, was like a Kobe stardate EX 2000, which I can't believe I even had
0: um crazy
2: and so um yeah i just uh from 90s basketball um went to college and you know for the younger listeners or whatever like seriously i <laughs> it's just almost like if you continue to collect cards during that time that's like more power to you but a lot of people do leave uh for right sure. around that time yeah. and then they come back to it and so i'll stop there
0: okay no like it's <laughs> Similar stories, you know, a lot of the guests we had previously on the podcast were all, not surprisingly, in the same age group. You know, we're all coming back because of of nostalgia. And we remember the junk wax era. And we remember how we all, there was a mass exodus during the college years, like you just mentioned, Denny. And now with the boom of the hobby back in 2020, 2021, we're rediscovering our love for pieces of cardboard. Right. So, um, yeah, it's been fun. Uh, You know. Is there anything specific um, that brought you back into the hobby? I know you mentioned you came back a couple of times, but this most recent time, you know, is there anything that just brought you back? Was it the pandemic like it was for a lot of people? It just out of boredom or was it something else?
2: Uh, That's a great question. So I think for me, uh, I just had like a friend in the area uh, who was, you know, just kind of like casually talking with me about him. And I guess he wasn't like pressuring me to get back into it, but he would like drop it in conversations and we'll talk about sports
3: Hmm. and
2: I, you know, I kept telling him I had these cards in my attic and I never really got to them. And um, I was just cleaning them out. I missed, I mean, I watched the last dance and I loved it, but um, Mm -hmm. my, I guess like second return into the hobby. um, I missed the, I will very much admit that uh, I may be like a happy collector right now because I did not go through the, the peak and the bubble bursting Mm. and holding the bag. Um, right. <laughs> I came in like September of 2022 and okay. that's when it really was because I turned 40. I mean, I talk about nostalgia talking about, you know, <laughs> at the time I was joking. It was my midlife crisis. And now I'm like, no, this is my midlife crisis. This is absolutely <laughs> me chasing my childhood and trying to like repair my damaged childhood to an extent, which I can like half kiddingly say, um, right. So yeah, that's that's really what it was, was um, me just kind of like, I think, uh, you know, it's just a year, right? I mean, 40, it's like any other year, any other birthday. But I think for certain milestone birthdays, you almost like take inventory of your life. And, um, you know, the past is definitely something you can't replace or change. But I think some of us in some weird sadistic or weird way, we try to, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I feel like I'm chasing my childhood a little bit for sure.
0: Yeah. No, I get that. I get that. Was there any cards when you came back into the hobby that you started collecting right away? You know, like for me, when I got back into the hobby, like it was probably five or six years ago now. Like Ken Griffey Jr. was the guy. I'm like, oh, I remember trying to get this card. Now we have a little bit of disposable income. We could mm-hmm. we could spend some dollars into some of these cards on eBay. Uh, was there anything like that for you? Like when you got back you, like I'm, I'm going to look this card up to see if I could buy it.
2: Oh my goodness. So many 90s. Rare inserts, uh, so many okay. Jordan cards, so many, you know, I I didn't really like collect Kobe because he was like, you know, later, um, it, you know, I was like sure, a sure. teenager in college at, at his peak and all that. But um, I would say that it's kind of weird for me because when I first got back into the hobby, I fell really hard into whatnot. And in whatnot, you basically just go, you just buy what's in front of you. Like, you know, the, the, mm, seller, has all, right, right. the seller has all the control in their streams. And they were selling a lot of ultra modern. So I would basically like buy a lot of ultra modern, try to like maybe sell it or flip it like down the road. Uh, I'm not a flipper. I've realized I'm a terrible seller, but, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I was collecting like, um, these like base, uh, you know, Luke, you know, base rookies, um, hot rookies that everyone also chasing because I, I did kind of fall into the trap of, you know, doing what people said, you know, you should buy or do. Right. But um, my eye or my heart was always towards like getting like those really rare, um, mm. you know, Jordan inserts uh, and, and some that mm. I didn't even know about because, you know, there wasn't the Internet. There wasn't cardboard connection. There wasn't like, you know, all these resources that we now have. And right. I was like, sometimes I'll see people's cards on Instagram and I'm like, I can't believe these cards exist. And I didn't even know about them. And, you know, there's this one guy uh, shout out to like card channel who does like these print runs you know Mm, for cards that have no parallel numbering and i'm like oh my gosh there's only like an estimated 500 of these and how cool is that so yeah Yeah. i I always looked at those um for sure how about you guys you said the griffey what about you
1: young man for me it was the upper deck griffey too like you (laughs) know growing up it was always you know, I grew up in the in the eighties, 90s. I'm eighty two as well. So like for me I got into the hobby right in that red Don era, the nineteen ninety, and this is when Upper Deck was just fresh. So you had the Ken Griffey Chase, you know, the year before. Uh but I I didn't have money. Like I, I, I didn't come from any money. So it was like when when we got to buy a pack of 1990 Donruss cards, it was like, whoa, man, this is this is a great day. (laughs) So, yeah. But for me, you know, same thing. I came back into the hobby, started chasing kind of like I wasn't a big like this is the funny part is like just listening to everybody who comes back. Nineties inserts were the thing. It's it's crazy how that was the chase. You know, that was the coolest thing. And now, you know, inserts kind of really don't get the love that that they used <laughs> yeah, to right, right but right.
2: there's an art to insert collecting especially in the 90s you know so for sure you know that's really interesting to say that because uh, again when i launched my podcast I mean, anywhere between 2023 and 2026 uh you know a soft <laughs> launch and then a hard launch um speaking <laughs> guys into guys existence remember, if you guys remember like straight up like i remember i had friends who had more money than my family and mm-hmm. they would go to games, right? They would right. go to see the Knicks or the Mets or whatever. And I'm, you know, my, my family didn't have money. They didn't have the disposable income to take me to games. Right. And so cards were actually the cheaper way to yeah. the cheaper entry mm. point into sports. Yeah. And now it's like, you know, you got cards that are worth more than the seats themselves or like, you know, season tickets. <laughs> yeah,
0: right, right. So it's For almost sure. like an
2: inverse that happens. But, um, I remember collecting, and again, I, I kind of wrote it about it a little bit. But like, I, I remember collecting, like, you know, at, at the time, collector's choice packs were like a dollar, right? And then, yeah. like on special occasions, I would get like a flare showcase, right? Yeah, big like, time. You could right,
1: always big remember time card, yeah,
0: big time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. big time pack. <laughs> nice, nice. I love that, man.
2: But that was like a cheap way to get into the into the sports world. For sure. And it's true. It's just now it's like, you know, you got these kids with like zion cases with parts that are <laughs> worth more than my entire collection because i'm like i'm like a low end you know oh gosh.
0: well that kind of segues into the next question i had you know now that you're back in it uh well since september you said this past yeah. september yeah uh, how would you describe the hobby now um you know other than yeah like a lot of investor types right i mean um even even uh young kids are doing it
2: yeah so i i Again, very good question. Very good interviewer.
0: Um, so
2: for <laughs> me, I would say that because I came in near the end of like the bubble bursting and all that, mm-hmm. people are talking about it as a down market, the hobby's dead, right. and other people who are trying to make it a positive spin, right? It's market correction. Um, I personally feel really fortunate and lucky that I'm able to buy some of the cards that I want to get at affordable prices, because if I did mm-hmm. come in during the peak, I may have chased like, you know, some of the more rare 90s inserts at like three five X yeah. more yeah. than what they're right, going right. for now. Yeah. For um, sure. you know, just to talk about one more card, like the 2008, 2009 tops Chrome, you know, the, the iconic card of like LeBron Garden Kobe, for sure. I, mm-hmm. I pack, pull that card as a refractor. And my friend wow. who, who was getting me into the hobby was like, do you know that this? at one point to buy a car and I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, if this is a PSA 10, yes, true. Yeah, it <laughs> yes. was. This, could, this could buy not, not a Lexus, but like a minivan, <laughs> you know, like, Oh yeah. Right. So I'm like, what? That's, incredible. that's insane. And then, um, you know, I just like, you know, we, we went through the grading process together. I literally did not own a single slab until in, in my forties. Um, mm-hmm. I did not know about PSA. I remember back yet and BGS, and that's why my heart right. goes out to them with all the crazy stuff, which I've heard you guys cool. talk right, about. Right. Yeah. But yeah. you know, like, uh, these, well, I won't go into a corporations ran. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I gotta say like, um, I, now that now I own way too many slabs and I need to like, consolidate, <laughs> but right. yeah, I was like really, um, I don't know. just kind of like enamored with like. These certain sets throughout my life um, that I can, sure. you know, vividly remember. So, as a young adult, when I started getting my first, uh, you know, adult paycheck money, I, it was definitely uh, ripping a lot of 2007, 2008 upper deck artifacts, which now only exist for hockey. Um, right,
3: right. And uh, 2008,
2: 2009 tops chrome. I mean, those I, I've, I feel like I've been chasing those. If you know, in my Instagram feed, I, you can see some of those pictures where I'm just like man this orange refractor and like you know now i'm trying to go for some red refractors which are really hard to find and yeah really mm-hmm. expensive but um yeah it's like kind of chasing all of that um yeah just chasing that like hidden nostalgia
0: yeah for sure i mean when you came back to, to have you had a chance to go check out lo, like the local card shows i don't know if they're frequent in your area or yeah
2: um so yeah let's man i'm gonna keep saying it great question clark um <laughs> <laughs> appreciate it thank yeah. you <laughs> so um it's it's like you were like a former journalist maybe or something he, he is, he was <laughs>
1: you know and I, I from my view it's awesome because it's like i'm i'm so engaged in this interview right now that i'm just <laughs> watching you guys just go back and forth and it's awesome oh it's great i love, I love, I love it
2: oh my gosh yeah <laughs> D- just talking before the show like uh, through instagram dms was just so it was so great i mean i yeah. at first i'm like i had no clue you guys were korean i'm like all right definitely
3: gotta this <laughs> <podcast now." laughs> um
2: but, you know, that goes really well with the state of the hobby. Like for me, you know, I don't I have a good pulse of the current. But, you know, I don't I again, I wasn't collecting in 2020, 2021, early mm-hmm. 2022, um, but I heard, you know, that the hobby was booming and a lot of shows there's like almost like, you know, this past year, um, like the Mint and uh, yeah, right, Chantilly right. were the same weekend. Chantilly only like 40 yeah. minutes from my house Yeah, and I couldn't make it for for some uh, family reasons, but basically. Um, I feel like there are a lot of good shows. And as a kid, I I don't remember going to shows in like New York City, but, um, I remember going to some as a young adult and then, um, this most recent time, I actually, not only have I gone to local shows, like local, like hyper local, like smaller shows, Mm -hmm. um, that I've like, um, like mini real or vlogged about just kind of like, you know, putting some shine to my Northern Virginia, DC Metro area, local card shows, but I actually, I actually set up as one. I. I don't know oh, what nice. came, I think, um, you know, I love your guys' podcast, but one podcast that I'll shout out is, uh, you know, a sports car therapist. Um, he was talking mm-hmm. about setting up a shows mm-hmm. and I feel like my, uh, growth in the hobby like was accelerated by listening to my binging his content. And I'm like, you know right. what, like what is stopping me from doing this? So after yeah. the first couple of times when I went to the show, I just spoke to the promoter and I, and he was like, well, maybe I can fit you in or put you on a wait list and here's how much it costs. And, and he gave me a lot of good advice about, you know, how to set up or how to price. And just getting that other perspective from the other side of the dealer table was like really cool. And then I, I probably, by this point I've done it four to five times on wow. the dealer side. And I've only been back in the hobby for like seven months, but it's yeah, so that's fun. crazy, crazy. <laughs> it's so much crazy. fun. I, yeah. I make yeah. no money. I. I end up buying i buy i buy people out with their collections and again you get that dealer you know a little premium and you know um but i just you know my wife's like how did you do and i'm like okay before i answer (laughs) let me tell you that look at these cards and what they will soon be worth down the road that said i lost money today (laughs) you were you were a dealer at a card show from 8 30 a.m to 3 30 p.m and you've lost money <laughs> and i'm like I, didn't, I don't do it for the money i do it for the you know for the fun yeah yeah, yeah. so sure. um, that's a good way to look at it yeah but um <laughs> you know i i can't post up at chantilly or any big shows because you know those table fees are like really high and yeah it's not i, I feel then. like i feel like that might be too much for me but uh you know the local shows it's like anywhere sure. from like 50 to 75 dollars a table and i'm just like you know, I think we're all like uh, I I love um, who is it? Uh, tra- trade Trade at recess? I think last yeah. episode he's like, yeah. we're all like kids at recess, and we're all like, almost like, hey, look at my cards, you know? Like, yeah,
3: yeah, sure. It's
2: it's almost like I don't even have to have people buy my cards. I just want people to go look at them. And go, oh, that looks nice. I mean, all of right. course, it'd be great for them to want to buy because that shows that they have a strong interest in it. Yeah, but it's almost like for me, it's like. Just please validate me and tell me you like, <laughs> you like, the, you like my collection, but yeah. I will very much admit, um, I, I have not gotten to the point because I'm still more of a collector than a seller or a flipper or, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel that the reason I am not a good seller is I don't, I really do not put my really good cards. I don't bring them to shows. Um, I don't like show off my cards. I know some people do to bring table yeah. interest. But, you know, the cards that I want to keep that are my PC, I don't, I don't really, like, travel with them or bring them to shows. Maybe right. I should. Right. It's something I can think about. But, yeah, I, <laughs> I, 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 like, I almost set myself up for failure, which is fine. Because <laughs> it's a fun time. Yeah,
0: awesome. as long as you're having fun. As long as you're having fun. But, you know, you might want to bring one or two of your PC that, you know, if someone's willing to pay a good price for it. A yeah, good then... price for it. And then, you know, you could always uh, get a better card that you like a little better, you know?
2: If, if they would only give me the keys to their minivan and say, this is yours. <laughs> no, yeah.
0: Um, yeah, it's
2: something definitely consider. And that's the thing for yeah. me. It's I'm, I'm always learning. I'm always growing. I'm always figuring out, trying to figure out what to do better. Um, and so I just feel okay. like all of this is like, I, I thank you all so much for having me here, but it's like just continuing my cardboard journey and, and learning along cool. the way. For sure. Yep.
0: Yeah, I think um, we share those sentiments for sure. Just connecting with other hobbyists and other collectors has been probably the most uh, fun part about us getting back into the hobby. In addition to collecting the cards we love, right? So, and I think um, like hear,
1: hearing from like collectors, you know, like we were we we're, were we were hobbyists always. So it was, and then the whole you know boom happened. You you had a lot of investors come into like so called investors, we'll say, but flippers. Right. So it's good seeing, you know, guys that are truly in the hobby because they enjoy collecting a lot of the time, the the focus. And that's why we always preach, you know, buy what you love, because ultimately that's probably the best investment anyways, because if you don't have any emotional attachment and you're spending thousands and thousands of dollars on cards just so that you could potentially make a flip, you know, for me, like there's there's probably better opportunities out there than sports cards, to be honest, but. Coming, um, you know, just seeing collectors, like that's what the hobby's all about. I think that's what makes makes the hobbies uh, great. That's what makes the shows great because you don't have the, you know, the flippers and investors trying to, you know, just make a profit on, you know, one card and moving it. And there's a time and place, don't get me wrong, I'm, you know, I'm guilty of that where, you, you know, you got to make your money and, you know, but then you could add that to the PC, right? So always good uh, seeing fellow collectors out there doing it because they love to do it right
2: so yeah there's totally. absolutely nothing that i can say to refute anything and i really i think you said it really well and i've heard that a lot you know buy what you uh, collect what you buy and you know love what you collect and all that stuff but in a way for me i think that it, buying cards that i have no i i, I almost feel like I, I have too much emotional attachment to the cards that i 100 oh, and so i feel like i need to and that's why i've gotten more into baseball and football is so that i can in a way make not like 2x you know i'm I'm never i'm not never but ideally it would be great to try to two three extra money but you know we're not in that world anymore and when you talk about cards as potential ways to you know people talk about investing and all that like you know we all know that like the stock market is like you know, on a lucky year, it's 10%. You know, it's like steady, yeah. slow and steady growth is 6%, yeah. 7% a year. Again, I'm sorry, I'm talking from the American perspective. I don't know how, you know, no, no worries. Behavior. Similar.
3: Yeah, by yeah. the way,
2: last episode, uh, I wrote down somewhere in my notes, like, you guys were talking about how there's like a thing called email transfer. Oh yeah, e transfer, e
0: well, transfer. Yeah,
2: why? I mean, I know why the U.S. doesn't have it because because it's capitalism and all that. But um, <laughs> I love that you can just email someone and get money from them. That is, it's like, crazy. It's great. how
0: so so simple. Crazy. Yeah, so simple.
2: hundred yeah, no, percent. We, we have to monetize it. Is are there? So there are no fees. Like no fees.
1: I have zero dollars. I have a I have a plan. I send Clark uh, up to ten thousand dollars. I have zero fees. It's just in his mm-hmm. bank account instantly. So simple.
2: It's crazy. Canadian though, right? Canadian 10,000?
1: Yeah,
0: so it's like 2,000 US. <laughs> so 8,000 8, maybe, 7 <laughs> US.
2: <laughs> um, no, but that's fantastic. But no, what, what was I going on with Canada? Like, um, I totally forgot what I was saying, y'all. It's all right. I hope you guys have a good time Toronto Expo though. I'm so...
0: Oh, oh, yeah. That's
2: the other thing I learned. Um, to speak like a true Toronto... Ter- well, I don't even know Torontonian. Torontonian. Yeah. to mm-hmm. You never pronounce the second t it's it's always toronto, toronto. right not toronto, toronto. Yeah. you're right yeah. toronto. you're absolutely right
0: that's, see we, right. we we um we know who it's not from toronto if they say it that way yeah. <laughs> but um toronto but, you yeah, know, that's right. anyway i like what you said about um you know like coming back into the hobby we're always learning um different things about the hobby different aspects about the hobby and actually one of the reasons why your account kind of stuck out to me and when i started going down the rabbit hole of danny underscore cards on instagram (laughs) is is your one post well when you're documenting your buying selling process on on instagram by showing your ebay auctions yeah you know and and it's it's funny because i'm actually like i've been in the hobby for what back into the hobby for five six years yeah and hyung's hyung could speak to this too because he's He's done it, like what you have, just done eBay auctions starting at 99 cents. I'm still too scared to do that. <laughs> so I'm like, good for you, Denny. Good for yeah. you to test the market that way. And and then um, what's funny, some people you mentioned were getting upset that you sold for under comps or whatever that means to people, <sighs> right? Because yeah. because your accounts might, might be smaller and the eBay algorithm might not work in your favor when you're a smaller account what like I just want to get your thought process of that whole ordeal like how did you what did you learn from that (laughs) and is there anything you did learn from that experience
2: so before before I answer that question um for the for the video portion of this I just want to say like I I am like for the record I am I've been nodding my head that that whole time um and for the video folks I didn't mention this in the beginning but I am wearing sunglasses it is evening (laughs) time but I have allergies, my eyes are so bloodshot red, and I may have a stuffy nose right now and all that stuff. So pardon me, you know, like never trust anyone who wears sunglasses at night, by the way, right? So let's, let's get that yeah, out. We'll, yeah, we'll we'll cut the disclaimer out. Yeah. Yeah, that, if the eyes if the eyes are the windows to the soul right now, I'm just like, do not look at my soul. Um so Two things I gotta say about that question, uh, which by the way is a really good one. Um, <laughs> first is you gotta start somewhere, right? I mean, we mm. all have to start from zero. Whether it's their yeah, Instagram sure. account, whether it's eBay or something, anything you do, you start from zero. And
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, I had cards that I wanted to sell. I, you know, it would have been easy for me to go to a consigner or go to, um, you know, somewhere else. And I've done some consignment. It's weird. I've done. I've received some consignments, and I've you know, put some what consignment, and, and and the market is, I've definitely gotten burned in the market. I mean, uh, I, I wrote a lot mm. about the Aaron Judge card, which I won't talk about too right. much because it's a like a bad beat uh, poker story. But for me, uh, ultimately, um, I when you when I would look at card ladder or 130 point, and I would see all these comps, um, I guess in a way it was like my way of trying to pro- share Uh, another data point um and Hmm. i wasn't going to be doing with like hundred dollar cards or even like fifty dollar cards but i was starting with small cards and yeah some of them went below comp but i mean um it wasn't like 70 percent off comps or 50 i mean it was we're talking like literal dollars and people are just getting so upset and you know with raw cards uh condition matters like you know some some comps might be low because the, the, the pictures on the cards could clearly look off center or, you know, um, sure. wear and tear on the corners and edges and all that. So for me, um, it was my way of putting faith into the masses uh, on eBay to say, here are my cards and you tell me what they're worth. And, you know, that's what ultimately we say is card is only worth what someone's willing to pay.
3: Right. Mm-hmm. And
2: you know, I promoted a couple of them, and I was just testing it out—five-day auctions, seven-day auctions—and right. I th- and then I think the big thing that happened for me was I had someone who wanted to consign with me, or a couple of people who were like, "You know what? I all I I just do not want to catalog, list, ship, sure. and all that. You take a cut. I may get I may get burnt in the end, but I just want these cards out of my house." I want to get liquid, yeah. so I want them done real quick in five day auctions.
3: Mm-hmm. I
2: want the money as soon as I, you get the payout, send it to me, and all that. And you do all the work, and um, you know, I just want you know, just I just want to be liquid. And right. so that individual who 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 is a wonderful you know um, woman, uh, friend, woman friend, woman like, friendly, uh, you know, <laughs> I I don't like to use the word female, but like you know, a woman in the yeah. hobby. Uh, yeah. was, was very trusting of the market and said, okay, like, let's see what the market is willing to bear for these. And I was like, yeah, she's got more balls in a lot of people
3: <laughs> She's, she's sure. going for it. She's
2: like, yeah, I'm going to go and test the market out. And there's some cars that, you know, she and I have been burned on and some cars that do better than we expect. Yeah. But ultimately to go, you, if you want, you know, I'm not going to become a big consignor at any day soon, but you got to start somewhere. And so I started with zero yeah. and. It's uh, the the hourly wage part of it. It sucks. It's terrible. It's below minimum wage. You're losing <laughs> right. money. But yeah. <laughs> you know the, the the thing that I say about it is it's not work for me. I love spreadsheets. I love cataloging. Yeah. It's it's like I'm like cutting my teeth, right? Like I as a newer entrant back into the hobby, it allows me to learn. At you know, and when I'm cataloging or where I'm sleeving or I'm packing, like I'm just listening to. Podcasts like your guys is and it's mm. like my hobby time like and the best thing about it is straight up And, and this is why I started selling on what not a little bit too. Uh, like f- uh, a few months ago You're not buying <laughs> it's like yeah. hobby time where I'm not looking at auctions trying to win, you know, and spend more right. money it's like just just grinding it out and cutting my teeth somewhere and um, sure. and it's almost like again chasing our childhoods I mean not that I was like a child laborer, but like as a teenager <laughs> like a young adult
3: right. It
2: makes you appreciate having like um the value of money again right it's almost like you i I feel like oh my gosh like i grind it out for like 50 bucks like (laughs) it makes me not want to spend that willy-nilly like i would otherwise with like just you know money from outside the hobby from my you know um disposable income just coming in it just makes me want to make more like better choices i think
3: yeah
0: no that's good point good advice for sure um i always joke that you know, when we have losses, which we do, because if you listen to our podcast way back, we run a, a segment called Dead Wrong, mm. where we, we are accountable f- to one another and, like, uh, in bad decisions and things we got burned on. And, and anytime that happens, we always say it's going to be good content. It's going to be great content. <laughs> worst yeah. case scenario, it's great content. <laughs> yeah. and,
2: and we're talking so. only about cards, right? Not in life. Yeah.
0: Okay. (laughs) Exclusively cards. Exclusively Exclusively. cards.
2: Um I by the way, your guys' segments, I love your uh intro music. I mean again, I'm gonna (laughs) shout out another podcast that listen to sports card nonsense. Like they are like a ringer podcast. They have so much production value, so much money behind it and you know I love I really do like both hosts like I know some people like Mike Gio gets gets on them and all that but I, I really love all different types of podcasts but
3: yeah yeah and Me I too. love your
2: guys's chemistry and I love their chemistry but the co-host like does these funny sounds with his mouth like do do you know here's the next yeah, segment. Right, yeah. <laughs> boop, 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 boop. and I'm like y'all have like a million dollar studio <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But,
0: they definitely uh, have a bigger budget than we do. Yeah. But um but you have, I, I yeah.
2: yeah, what do you come up with though? I mean we can talk offline about it, but I want to know how you do your segment <laughs> like, you know, adjust uh segues. It's awesome.
0: I'll give you all the tips and links that you need so you're yeah. set and um and then we'll even become guests on your podcast, you know, yeah. if the invite's there. So yeah,
2: 2025.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay well i'll help you so maybe you can be ready for 2024 so yeah. we'll, we'll try to try to get that uh hit that deadline um no but I appreciate your insight on the whole buying selling um and like you know to your point the alternative is if you don't do auctions or if you don't consign you're like me where you just set a buy it now and you're just waiting forever. <laughs> you know, then you can't be liquid at any point. Well, well that's unless, right. Yeah, yeah, right?
2: Well, bin is is a great option for a lot of folks who don't have to be so liquid and they're like right, right if I'm willing to sit on this um and I, like you know, just it's okay for me like and and you know, there's some people like oh, you know, extracting the most value out of the money like I've come around uh with that like mindset. Um I don't think one's better uh, over the other. It's I think they're just different ways of doing it. And there's sure like what I love about this hobby. There's so many different ways to do all of this. percent. yeah, and eBay is just one of them. I, can I just again, I'm not like I feel like a guy with like the NASCAR with the hats, like all these different <laughs> things that I'm saying, but <laughs> all these places have had influences on me. Uh, but there's this new um, marketplace called my card post where it's almost like Netflix subscription based model where um,
0: okay.
2: you pay a monthly fee and There are no eBay like listing fees or transaction fees involved. I mean, they don't Mm -hmm. do auction, it's like all buy it now basically, but you can like, you know, buy, sell, and trade. And buyers, it's free to like uh, register, but for sellers, you know, you pay like whatever it is um, per month. And I love that idea because it's just another uh, avenue or alternative to the marketplace. And I know your last episode, you talked about like market fragmentation and Josh Luber, white, right? I was going to
0: mention that. Yeah, yeah. Um,
2: but straight up for me, I think we need more competition in all aspects of the industries. Like mm-hmm. eBay is such a behemoth and yes, we rely on eBay for com so much. But for me, I actually like that. There are different ways to buy, sell and trade. And so, you know, um, I'm not going to like, you know, challenge Josh Luber to, uh, a, <laughs> a, a dance off here, but you know, I think he has some really good points, but I'm, I'm also. Just of a different mindset when it comes to that type of thing so For sure. um yeah. i should be i feel I'm like I be, yeah i feel like i should be wearing like a my card post like
0: t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know I, i'm i'm curious now i never heard of it before you just mentioned it like 10 seconds ago so yeah my well, card post
2: yeah my card post um got it they okay. uh again i don't want to equate like canada it must be hockey and hockey must be canada but a lot of their um subscriber base is hockey cards or hockey collectors
0: and interesting
2: um it's i think it's because the owner the creator of it is you know a huge hockey collector himself um but i think it's just like a really cool different way to do things because you know again there's this hobby so big it is yeah. so big there's so much to consume and enjoy and do all
0: right absolutely absolutely that's why we're well john's not here but the three of us are super bullish on the hobby and look forward to seeing what else evolves from you know the space you, right but
2: can i ask you guys a question um what do you guys think about sure? the whole like michael rubin 10x the hobby type of thing
0: love it <laughs> what do you mean like what, darn about, i'm not gonna
2: i'm not gonna ask questions like that was not a good question <laughs> if it's just got a one one word answer um <laughs> how do i so see so yeah, this is me i have to like hone my
0: um, <laughs> interviewing skills, interviewing
2: skills. Uh, so Clark and, and young <laughs> recently yes. there was a comment made by CEO of fanatics, mm-hmm. Michael Rubin, where he said he, he that the card in the, the, the hobby, the sports card industry was not just not doing well when it comes to marketing itself. Mm-hmm. and right, That right. there's a lot of untapped cus you know, potential customers and that he and fanatics were planning to 10x the hobby right.
0: yeah do we believe it why
2: yeah yeah i was trying to make a joke and i, and I got stuck um yeah <laughs> how, how do you feel about that
0: do we believe it or do you think it's just bravado on yeah, the part of michael yeah, rubin
2: what's the, what's the athlete question like uh oh yeah you made that play on the field like tell walk us through that <laughs> or like mm. were they uh were i the, see you no know, Coach Pop hates, uh, you know, the reporters <laughs>
0: asking questions like that.
2: Right. No, but yeah, like, I mean, um, you guys are bullish on the hobby. I mean, you know, you, you said
0: it yourself, so. Um, sure. No, we get the, yeah. Young you to okay. take this one? Yeah, on? for, for, for me,
1: it's a little different because my perspective is coming from kind of like outside the hobby. I, I look at things from kind of like an unbiased perspective because when you deal with capitalism, you know, business, business is business, right? So I look at it as a kind of like a macro lens kind of deal. And I kind of agree with him. It's like you had people that were hobbyists that were running kind of like the industry and it really hasn't... You really haven't used proper marketing strategies to market this hobby outside of the hobby itself. So for me, I'm very big on... Like I do this for a living. Like I'm an entrepreneur. I'm in digital marketing. I understand social media, you know, outside of the card, the sports card, right? So... For me, it makes sense because I'm looking at it in a perspective of the same as a CEO would look at it. Why would he not, uh, expose one of the strengths that he knows that's not being implemented in one of his brands that could totally, you know, use his resources to reach, you know, extended members that we haven't even had a chance to market to. So for me, I get it. Like I, it, it totally makes sense. Um, and it's not a thing where it's like, oh, this guy's blowing smoke up people's ass. And he has to say that because he's the CEO. He doesn't really care about these hobbyists. It's like, no, it's actually in his best interest to do this because, you know, he wouldn't have been making these huge moves. And these aren't simple, you know, tens of millions of dollars that we're talking about. We're talking about paradigm shifts, industry moves, hundreds of you know, mm. millions in and in, in billions of dollars, right? So, yeah, it's just a lack of, um, I guess, perspective at the end of the day. it's it, it depends on how you see it. If you see it just as a hobbyist, I could see that it could be like, ah, I'm not too sure. But from my standpoint, I'm looking at it from the outside in, uh, unbiased, non-emotional, uh, more logic-based of what needs to be done to better the hobby. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: Well um Danny, first I wanna say that's a really great question. You know? Um, I think I think you got a yeah, you're natural at this already. But um I you know, I think it's just as simple as there's a lot of I see a lot of low hanging fruit in the way you can make the hobby better. Like mm. tops and and the the legacy companies have been just resting on their butts, so mm-hmm. to speak, for mm-hmm. such a long time. And you know when they lost their license to, um, you know, the MLB um, Players Association, like that, mm. you know, they just assumed that they would have it forever. Do you know what I mean? Right. And and now, uh, as Hyung mentioned, you know this this paradigm shift and a different perspective and in and and uh, the hobby, like how we see the hobby, um, we see different possibilities now on how. There can be actual tremendous growth so so 10x might be you know it just is a, it's a seems like an arbitrary number yeah but i get his point that there's so many low-hanging fruits to begin with yeah that you can at least grow it rapidly right away from the beginning but you still got to keep working at it and i feel like michael rubens hasn't shown me anything else other than the fact that that's what he's committed to doing yeah right so so yeah, like you hear all these announcements, you're like, oh, that's a really great idea, mm-hmm. actually. Um, someone should have thought of that before, but there was no incentive for these legacy companies to do it because, you know, there was no competition until very recently.
2: Right. Can I can I give you my uh, take on it or my opinion on it? Absolutely. Yeah, of course. I think that um, 10x is the arbitrary number that I think a lot of people are hanging there. Like, you know, it's very soundbite-y. I yeah, think that sure. any x is good. Um I mean, you know, because you want to grow at the hobby. I know some people are very like exclusionary, like this is our hobby and put up the walls and this right, is right. us. And it's like that's not yeah. good. I mean, that's like a very closed, literally, figuratively closed, you know, mentality mindset. Yeah. yeah but yeah. when it comes to growing the hobby, because you know, grow the hobby, make it more diverse, like look at us, and like just, you know, just having more people from all walks of life entering to the hobby. Um, I think that like the first few X's, you know, two, three X, four X is mm-hmm. low-hanging fruit, and that's gonna be easier. And then it really is going to get a lot harder to get other folks because cards have been around for so long since like the early 1900s, where some people gen I feel like genetically need to collect and the bad word being hoard. Like I'm showing, <laughs> I'm not showing, you, I'm blurred my background and you can't see my stuff. <laughs> I have cards in stacks. My wife looks if I have to tell her to find one <laughs> one card for me, yeah. Um, she would just be like, I would rather just like like just. You know, do well, something else. Yeah, 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 right, yeah. Right. It, it would take them forever to find one yeah. card or a stack of cards. I don't, I mean, sometimes I'm like, I don't even know what the stack is. I'm just staring at them I'm like, I have no clue why you're here. But you're in arm's reach of me. So, right. I feel like for some people, um, you know, and maybe it's not cards, you know, they just have to collect, right? I mean, they have to collect stamps mm-hmm. or glass. But, you know, we call ourselves the hobby because we keep saying we're the best hobby in the world. And it's very like presumptuous of us to say that. But right. it is like very like, I don't know, like how many types of glass can you collect? Like for cards, there's so many, that were so much diversity and all the different mm. genres and subgenres. But I'm going to weave that into saying something about like the 90s where you had tops and upper deck uh, and you had competition between these companies where they would like try to outdo each other and like great, get really great graphic designers and, you know, go out of the box and try to get more creative in the interest of the consumer because that's how they're sure. going to you know, market themselves. And then, you know, I think the worst thing that happened is when the NBA, uh, either the NBA or the MBPA, I forget which one, but when they said, we're going to do exclusive license to one, you know, Mm. um, licensee and have them go international and make our brand international. It's like when Panini bought the license, I just feel like what incentives, what what incentive did they have? Right. And now, so it's almost like, you know, we talk about disruption in the industries and, um, you know, like blockbuster, you know, you know, in our, in our, well, yeah, I think in Canada too, but like,
3: yeah, um, mm-hmm.
2: it was like everywhere. And now it's like gone. It's, it doesn't exist. Right. And now it's all Netflix. And it's almost like these companies were like, we're going to be here forever. We're good. We just rest on our laurels. And it's like, no, you can lose your license. It happened to tops and upper deck with, uh, with the NBA. Now it's happening to Panini. Now it's going to loop back to tops. Um, uh, Well, fanatics. And, you know, with upper decks, you know, sitting in the background. But for me, it's like, yes, let's get more people like I hope fanatics with their monopoly of all their licenses for the NBA and NFL and all that, like that. They don't just go, oh, we can just do whatever we want. Like, I I really hope that I think we, we are the 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 last hope that the hobby has is us ourselves, the consumers being like, you know, that's not good enough or you know like um i'm not i'm not gonna hate on him from doing this but i remember that fanatics was like and again i'm only like slowly getting into baseball but they were like at the by the end of uh march or beginning april we're gonna have a industry changing revolutionary announcement and then it's like these little patches on the on the uniforms (laughs) and it's like (laughs) what like that caters to like the 0.001% of collectors like yeah the yeah only people, I yeah, love it the only people are gonna, <laughs> the only people are gonna right. collect those patches are like the soup you know like the mega rich who can afford like you know that that super exclusive one of one right I right. mean like that, that's not I, a I get that for us.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no I get that but I feel like it was the principle almost like if you could because the main complaint about relic patches in generally speaking, is that, you know, you don't know where it's from. Mm -hmm. But now this is very specific and Mm. it's very, it's it's a cool concept, which I think can be extended, extrapolated to other products. So I hope that's, I hope that's the intent. And, and, but all your other points are legit. Those are the primary concerns for sure, right? When you have someone like Fanatics taking over pretty much everything, um, does, is history going to repeat itself? Is a big question. Right. And I think, I think
1: Fanatics, Fanatics has to understand that they have to realize they are the industry leaders and they have to be the innovative ones that you know take calculated risks but I think for me there's a lot of opportunity on the user experience at the end of the day right because mm. that's what keeps people in the hobby um and also from you know a manufacturer standpoint if you're tops Panini Um, and fanatics now at this point, it's like you want people to rip. You want to keep, you know, people coming back for releases because they're excited to really rip your product. And I think where fanatics can really, you know, step up their game. I think it was to your point that whole, you know, um, first MLB game patch. I think the, the concept of it was the right idea where look at the potential that fanatics can actually create a rare, You know, memorabilia piece that never existed in kind of like our, our hobby before Mm. where you're, Mm. you're getting not even game worn patches. They're manufactured patches that nobody, if you get a relic, you're like, God dang it. I got a relic. Like that Mm. shouldn't happen. It's a hit. It's like, yes, I got a relic. That's the way it should be. And that's where I think, um, you know, fanatics will step up their game because of, you know, their parallel side businesses of, you know, being in the collectibles already Mm -hmm. and being able to be innovative where, you know, these other brands like Topps and Panini never really had a chance to. So I'm really looking forward and optimistic on the user experience experience side of things because I feel like, you know, as as a ripper, everybody knows your odds aren't for you. You know what I mean? And more and more (laughs) people realize that with hundreds of parallels, it's like, man, you're chasing – uh, you know, a needle in a haystack pretty much. So, uh, I, I hope that they, you know, really focus on the user experience and be able to create, you know, better incentives just for the average kind of collectors. Like you said, nobody's going to, you know, spend or have that kind of money to buy that one of one patch on a, on a sleeve, you know, that everybody wants. Right. So it, it wears the consolidation, right. So,
3: yeah.
2: So no, that really good points young um, and, and can I just say that um, again, I, I don't know how much time you, we have left. Uh, this is really great. I yeah, love <laughs> time flies so fast. I've been on a few other podcasts where I was like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe it's been like 30 minutes yeah. or an yeah, hour yeah. and all that stuff. So, so I was gonna save this what I'm about to say I straight up I had it in my notes. I was gonna save it for my again future podcast. Um, for the most part. My talking points are chat GPT created, right? So I don't, none of these are original thoughts, all of right. all of what I'm saying is just, I'm, I might as well be a robot here. But um, at this point, I have not heard anyone say, so if someone did say it, kudos. But I will straight okay. up think, I will say that this is like a Denny underscore cards original idea. But it may already even be in the works. I don't know. But I'm just going to put it out there. I'm going to speak it Mm -hmm. into existence. (laughs) I'm not sure if Michael Rubin (laughs) is a listener to this show. But if we can somehow get this particular concept or idea to him. uh, Mm -hmm. Again, I've never heard it say it. So here I go. The redemption process for Panini, like we all know, just sucks. People hate it. Yeah. Um, Tops, I guess, does do a better job. And they're more fulfilled and redeemed. So... What if you took the worst, okay, you like Michael, Michael Rubin, what if you, Michael Rubin, took the worst aspect of the hobby or one of the worst aspects of the hobby and turned it into one of the coolest aspects of the hobby? And what I am talking Mm. about is exactly what Heung was talking about. They're already in the collectibles uh, and like the, you know, uniforms and jerseys and all that. What if these redemptions for the cards, like, yes, it's a card. It's a two and a half uh inch by three and a half inch piece of cardboard and it's a redemption card but what if instead of an auto autograph signed card you get a collectible you get an actual game used jersey you get a helmet you get a ball you get something back where you're like oh my gosh i i hit you know whatever like (laughs) um i yeah. Depends on who you have license for. So it's not going to be like a LeBron and jo- uh, or Jordan. I mean, maybe, right? If they maybe
1: in the f- near future. Yeah. 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 yeah right. But
2: yeah. Get a, can you, can you imagine getting like a Julio Rodriguez game? Use bat
1: hundred percent. You,
2: you can not just photo match, but they will yeah. tell you this is used on July 1st. Uh, you know, 20, exactly. 2025 right. when Denny's podcast comes out. So like <laughs> <Yeah>. straight up, <laughs> you make the worst one of the worst aspects of the card collecting industry into one of the most best and awesome ideas like just putting that into speaking that out to love it i love it yeah i uh i 100 agree with you and that's
1: i that's what we're hoping you know if if they do that they have access to that right and i i agree that's probably the one of the worst things in the hobby right now so it's yeah. like fixing that and coming up with a good solution that will make the hobby better that's those are the things i'm you know i'm bullish on yeah, for
0: sure. Yeah, yeah that's cool, um, Mr. Michael Rubin. If you're listening to this podcast, we, have yeah, just uh, write that write that idea down from Denny underscore Cards, and we're gonna yeah.
1: have Michael Rubin on Denny Denny underscore Cards Instagram as a special guest. Well, he doesn't know it yet, but
2: yeah, we'll get oh, we'll I get him he, there. I thought he was your guest next week. I thought I was. <laughs> well, let him know. No? We're, yeah. yeah, we're we're still working. Do you, on Do but... what chances do you put him coming to the Toronto Expo?
0: <laughs> maybe um i don't know he's been he's been making his rounds especially yeah, right. in the states right Brilliant, so yeah. yeah obviously probably not this weekend we have our april show we have april and november those are two uh, biggest shows yeah. so well, it probably if, won't be
2: if you want to 10x the hobby you got to go international and i mean come Canada's, on michael
0: yeah let's do it yeah let's go
2: kiss <laughs> press uh I was going to say shake the, I mean, shake the hands, kiss the babies, or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah, I mean,
0: you know, you got Jeff, the sports card investor, already in the Toronto show. He came up a couple of years ago, right? So, yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, he's, he's doing his thing. Um, he's got well,
2: to sell that Disney somewhere, so. <laughs>
0: that's <laughs> that's, that's a whole the, new episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you teased uh, a little bit of what your future podcast might sound like with mm-hmm. your ideas. Is that, is that what you like talking about? Like, in, when, when it comes to hobby, what other things do you like? you know chatting about um specifically is there anything or
2: uh, so I, I love instagram for so many reasons i think it's the perfect medium to show cards like in picture form but when it comes to video it's not long form i thought about doing youtube um mm-hmm. i i don't i like the idea of long form because so like recent, just even today to prepare for this podcast i kind of put up a poll or a question out to you know instagram just kind of talking about you know, right, right. basically it was a question about li- liquidity and ROI, but I wanted people to kind of think about it and see what, you know, gauge the, gauge the answers, but mm. what I realized with some of the responses was there's so much nuance and so much gray area to That's something. Right. You can't just, you know, Twitter it as 140 characters, but like, you just can't put it out in like a really simple yes or no question. And, and we all know that life isn't about black and white and yes or no, sure. it's, there's a lot sure. of, there's a lot of gray. And so. Um, when I have these conversations with folks, like in my DMs with Instagram or even in the comment section of some of my posts, like I love... Like I don't, I don't like the engagement just for the numbers or like, I'm not clout chasing. I love learning. And so Hmm. for me, when people are engaging with my content, it's a way for me to learn too and ask questions along the way and for folks to kind of like give me the perspective. And of course I try to crowdsource things. And it's not just one person's voice, but I get to learn from, you know, some of the people who get to who I get the opportunity to listen to or chat with or, are like, Really experienced, and you know, some of them are like industry leaders. And mm. uh, you know, I won't shout them out because I don't want to tell people who I DM, but like, there's <laughs> some really smart, clever people where I'm just like, man, that I have, I didn't think about it that way, you know, whether this macro or micro. And so, yeah. I think just reaching out to people and building those relationships is so important so that you do continue to learn because we can't be silos sure. in all of this. But otherwise, yeah, why even be? I mean, this is like one of the most engage if i mean i guess it could uh, be very isolatory if you want it and you just rip you know percy's by yourself and no one can see whatever <laughs> like like <laughs>
3: right. can i
2: just say i feel like that luca one of one uh black prism rookie is like out there someone has it and like i'm just telling don't know. you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like um when it comes to this hobby it can be as engaging and and you can be as extroverted as you want and you know like, yeah, i just sure. love being able to engage with folks on all sorts of topics, whether it is, um, you know, to more specifically answer your question, like when it comes to grading and cleaning and, um, uh, doing, uh, whatever, like breaks or streams or like all sorts of things, like the eBay things. uh, So many people were giving me good advice about how to ship cards better or to, you know, make Mm. more efficiencies. And in turn, I was like, Hey, if you guys want to make spell spreadsheet, which is very basic and simple just you know columns adding and subtracting fees like you know yeah. just just let me know and i'll send it to you and i've sent it to like you know a dozen people and it's just it's awesome. really fun to just learn yeah. and help and you know sure. it's just a cycle because we all have to help each other out
0: yeah. Love it, man. Hobby needs your podcast. So we'll, we'll get started on that right away. We can't wait till <laughs> oh 2025. Yeah. yeah. You got it. You got to get that going,
1: man. You're a natural hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah.
0: Let's do it. I'll, Thanks, I'll help man. you out. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, helping each other out. I'm, I'm there for you. So yeah. Thank um, you. You know what? Like you said, when we're having fun and ch- you know chatting about sports, we feel this way. We don't just say it, but we have our weekly podcast uh, every Tuesday, every other Friday. Yeah. And um, I feel like young, like uh, you know, we it feels like it goes by quickly, It flies right? by like, every single. Trust me, we it, couldn't it, be
1: doing this. This is episode one twenty eight, one hundred twenty eight. Right. That's two years, almost, almost a year and a half. Years. Two years, yeah. yeah so that's every week we really haven't missed a week uh and it's it's always and i'm busy i'm so busy right now but (laughs) i always or at least not always i majority of the time try to find the time and this hour usually just absolutely flies by just because you're just talking cards you're just a little kid again and just excited right so yeah
0: that's awesome yeah so i mean yeah thanks for you know joining once again and and uh we usually end off with like a like five, four or five rapid fire questions. They're not really rapid fire because um, people can answer as long as they want. That's but it's very simple with, questions. Yeah,
2: that's a problem with me, as you can tell. I, I, I don't <laughs> don't,
0: I'll cut you off if we need to, but uh, if Let's you do don't mind, it. you awesome. you're ready for the start. rapid fire? Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> I don't know.
2: Uh, if we have not, I've I, I not seen these questions I had at all. Probably. You have not. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, it guaranteed. makes more fun. Yeah. Yeah. Go
0: ahead. Um, it. Well, it's, we always usually do similar questions. But the first one, favorite card you currently own and why?
2: You know, I have listened to your episodes, but I don't, I, well, maybe it wasn't the interview ones. Maybe it's the one where you guys all talk. Um, my favorite card that I own. I mean, I'll just go back to that scoring King. I I have it now. I I don't have the actual copy that the kid, uh, uh, manipulated and stole from (laughs) me in a way, but I have a PSA seven copy of it. Um, and that's my favorite card because it it brings back the most nostalgia. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Mm -hmm. To Jordan, right? Yeah. Yeah. Jordan scoring. king. All right. Two, what's, what's your grail card?
2: like that I want to chase that I eventually yes. want to get to. Yeah. Uh, guys, I hate, I, I I don't want to be so cliche. I mean, sometimes like the heart wants what it wants. I mean, I've, I've <laughs> thought a lot about the 86 foot Jordan Ricky. Right, yeah. like, for I sure. mean, Absolutely. Sure. That's a girl card. I hate, uh, it's the first, I, I don't want to get too clever, smart uh, beyond myself and do, say something really off the wall. It's, it's that it's the 86 Fleer. Mm-hmm. but yes. like not yeah. in a PSA, Understood. like it, it can be a PSA two or three. just, You know, I appeal so long as it looks nice. I mean, it Mm. can be, uh, you know, whatever. Um, Yep. The back can look like junk but so long as the front looks nice.
0: (laughs) That's a good answer. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. All right, three, um, not to get too negative. uh, Mm. Do you have any pet peeves about the hobby or any one particular pet peeve about the hobby?
2: Oh, man. Again, I'm I'm really into these first thing that comes to my mind. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Reckless Cards, shout out to them. Love them so much. Uh, Reckless Cards, Courtney, she does a lot of uh, educational videos. And one of her recent... Things to talk about is like scotch tape on top loaders. I literally oh, right yeah. next to me. I have, I have the painter's um, tape. The painter's tape. You it's, need that. It's so you need great. That, yeah. It's yeah. But yeah the biggest pet peeve is trying to take that scotch tape off a package. <laughs>
1: That's a good one. <laughs>
0: that is, that yeah. is that that's is there annoying. for a lot of hobbyists because you yeah. can't cut it
2: because it's it, like you slide
1: that card out it could get caught by the, the stickiness too so it's just right. a bad oh yeah it's just a dangerous it's bad I mean yeah. yeah
2: if you, you have like a family feud like top five like that answer has got to be you know name you know talk, <laughs> yeah, talking for to sure. the 100 <laughs> hobbyists name the most the biggest pet peeves. that's got to be in like the yeah. top two top three agreed
0: agreed <laughs> all right number four overrated or underrated this is more recent overrated or underrated we do the segment too uh occasionally the monopoly prism basketball cards
3: oh man you see, <laughs> i'm
2: i'm guessing you, you asked that because you saw did you see my feed where i made a, i superimposed a draymond green stepping over Demondis about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. i did That's see right. that yeah <laughs> I made that into a prism card um it's amazing i mean look uh yeah I, again first answer that comes to my mind is that it's overrated but it, maybe it's properly rated because there's it's also getting hmm. a lot of hate. I mean, a lot of people are like railing against the numerous parallel prism, you know, all that and just too much. It's oversaturation and it's you know Panini bleeding its printing presses dry until it's like you know ground to dust. But right. um, you know, like yeah, I mean, generally I want to say overrated, but I mean, it's I feel like so many. It's so it's so fun to hate on it that it's almost maybe this <laughs>
3: properly rated. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I get that. But the, pro- the correct answer is it is overrated. Yeah, the correct um, <laughs> <answer>. <laughs> um, well, just look at some of the prices these uh, rare parallels are going for. It's, it's kind of insane. All right, last question. And we always, this is a common theme of our rapid fire questions. Mm. Everyone knows, or not everyone, but a lot of people are growing to know that Cars to the Moon, we are a Canadian production. Yeah. We are from Toronto. Toronto, Toronto. silent T, <laughs> silent second T. Uh, so do you have a favorite Blue Jays or Raptors player that you like to collect?
3: Oh,
2: man. So I can't say Blue Jays uh, because <laughs> yeah. I, I'm more basketball Raptors. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I this isn't my answer, but I did want to ask you. And I'm not like trying to um, delay <laughs> for my answer, but do you guys, do you because he won you a championship, do you claim Kawhi as one of Toronto's finest raptor players ever yes i do, you do. claim them i do i
1: have uh, to we it's our only championship man like now he was a huge part Clark, of it
2: clark's clark's got a little
0: uh... john and hyung are on the same page mm-hmm. i i'm i hold a grudge man i am like just uh it's still a bitter taste in my mouth and it's all it's all about Kyle Lowry that year, okay? Kyle Lowry,
2: yeah. Yeah, he's the one who bought who won it. Him and like what was it, Jose Calderon and like uh, <laughs> like the coach, um his system. No, Kawhi he was almost Nick like nurse. a almost like a mercenary nurse. Yeah. Was, yeah. It's yeah. almost like a We couldn't
0: have well, we could have one without Kawhi. That's yeah, 100%. That's impossible. Oh, yeah, yeah, that,
2: yeah. that shot against the Sixers was That
0: fantastic. was crazy. Oh iconic. Right. Okay.
2: So I <laughs> I promise you I wasn't delaying because the simple answer for me, because of the 90s and all that, it, it really is mm-hmm. Vince Carter in that original nice. yeah. Raptors uniform. Yeah. Like, um, I, I posted about this a long time ago on my feed, but I had also, like, a Vancouver Grizzlies uh, baseball cap. Oh, nice. Cap, uh, you know, cap. Not That's a baseball well, cap, yeah. But like basketball, cool. Like Mitchell yeah. and Ness um, hat. I can't find it. I couldn't find it. Um, but, uh, I love that original logo of the Grizzlies. I love the original yeah. logo of the Raptors. I mean, I know the, the, the slashing the basketball looks cool, but when I think about like that, how that old dinosaur looks like and with Vince in it and just yamming on people left and right, like, <laughs> Fun. I just love that. Um, I don't have a big Vince Carter collection. Um, I would say that when it comes to PC, like I don't really have a strong hmm, it might. Yeah, I was gonna say like, I, I almost like would wa- want to say I l- really love and respect now that I'm older like, like Steve Nash, and I know he's not a rapper, yeah. but he's like a like Canadian Canadian. Sure. Right? Like, man, One like of the greatest just... Canadians. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, he, he just flat flat out like I feel like um I have well I don't want to jinx but like through eBay I, I have a orange refractor two thousand eight two thousand nine oh, nice. tops chrome so it's almost like a color match right with like right. An orange yeah. and and him Phoenix. in the sun uniform suns yeah so um but yeah I now see now I want to like go buy after after we were done recording this podcast I wanna <laughs> want to go buy on eBay, on eBay <laughs> that's Carter. usually that's usually the yes. symptoms
1: after cards to the moon podcast you go on eBay and you start sniping.
0: That's our routine. That is our routine. <laughs> yeah,
3: so good answer. Thank you guys. I,
0: I love it. Good answer. The, we always joke the way our guests answer the last question uh-huh. is what is helps us to determine uh, if you're going to get called back on the podcast. Uh, so, well, I, great I, answer. Well,
2: I kind of feel bad because it's such a easy, low hanging answer that I gave. Like, Vince hey. Carter, I should, I should have said no, like Andrea no, Bargnani that's... or yeah, you we'd know, like... have been <laughs> impressed. <laughs> Yeah, you that know? would have been impressive. Yeah, like... Pop by Jones or something. Pa- oh, my gosh. The, his, <laughs> have you seen his old... Like, before he was a Raptor, he was on the Dallas oh Yeah, yeah. oh, yeah. The, the right, ears right. popping out. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. His cards. Oh, yeah. his, his, I remember his, that, wow.
3: yeah. That dude. Nice. <laughs> oh, what a way to... <laughs>
0: memory lane, memory lane. Totally. Well, Denny, uh, again, thanks for joining us, and uh, we really appreciate you. We're looking forward to seeing more of your content. Denny underscore cards on Instagram. I'm sure you guys will see him in your feeds if you haven't already. But uh, but yeah, we'd love to have you back on. Um, you know, uh, anytime. And uh, good luck to you in your hobby journey.
1: Yeah, thanks for coming on, man. Like, we're, we're I'm I'm seriously looking forward to your podcast. So you're gonna have to, uh, you know, keep your word <laughs> with sure. that.
2: Oh my gosh, thank you guys so much. This was such a blast. You guys are awesome, and I'm gonna continue to just um, listen to and, and just follow you guys with all the awesome things that you guys are doing and. Uh, final thing I'll say is tell Michael
0: Ruben I said hello
3: <laughs>
0: awesome we'll do that we'll do that for sure all right uh, yeah that was a great interview with any um, I never I never know how long these interviews will go for but it's always great when we have a guest out where we you know next thing you know it's an hour you yeah know, and that's when sure. you kind of know that we, um, we had a lot of fun just just talking about cards right
1: absolutely and like I said he's he's born He's born for the podcast. He needs to start He's his own. It. He has the personality for it. So he could have, Absolutely. yeah, he could have, he, we could have had a 24 hour marathon. I, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's awesome to see, you know, the passion for sure. And I'm looking forward to, you know, getting him on the show with Will. I think that yes. would be a good, uh, good little mic obsession.
0: We, to- <laughs> we need to make that happen. <laughs> All right, uh, let's end off this show with our regular weekly segment we call Pick One. And this is when both of us we will put up a couple of cards and then we just debate which one we would rather invest in. All right. So Hyung, do you wanna go first? I know we screwed up the order last time and it just uh didn't work out so well for me. So why don't you start? <laughs> and then let's go let's go from there. All
1: right. And I'm I'm going back to my old, you know, my pre COVID chase. This was <laughs> cool my guy and he's on fire and uh, you know, we talked about him last year. The knee obviously concerned me. It's Ronald Acuna Jr. But he he's mm-hmm. come out the gate swinging, stealing bags. You know, Atlanta's winning as usual. So yes. you got a lot of excitement kind of, you know, and I feel like 2018 with the Luca hype, as well as Otani, you know, you had Gleyber Torres, you had Acuna, you had Juan right, Soto. Right. It was such a great year. So for me, 2018 was was kind of like the memory of when I came back into the hobby. So Acuna Chases has always been one of my favorite kind of like hobby things coming into it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to pair two cards up, two Acuna cards, because I think probably on episode three of cards to the moon i probably uh I, I did this one but i'm gonna do it again because i know my answer is gonna change uh mm. but i'm gonna pair up uh his 2018 tops chrome sapphire uh, psa 10 so there's a pop of 108 the last sold for 3300 okay yeah i'm gonna pair that up with my, his, my second or my other favorite card, I shouldn't say second because I think this might be taking first now is the, the SSP white jersey vertical of the yeah. tops update. Uh, so that's the US 250, the white jersey SSP vertical, uh, where he's batting. It's a pop 59 and a PSA 10 and the last sold for 4,200. So it's a little bit more, uh, and I, I personally think Acunia is still, uh, overpriced so I'll, I'll mm-hmm. put that up there so uh, you know I, I was fortunate enough to sell kind of at the peak uh, I think there was a lot of hype with Acuna coming in so I think the hype really settled and you know a lot of prices corrected but yeah. these two uh, you ask any Acuna collector these two cards are probably going to be at the top of uh, any kind of Acuna fans list um, yeah. you know the white jersey obviously has a lower pop count um, but it is paper, um, uh, and you know the Chrome Sapphire is super limited, and it's just a beautiful card with huge eye appeal. Which one are you going to go for?
0: Yeah, I remember you asking this one. This might be the third time we're kind of revisiting it, and it's always interesting to see if we choose the same. Oh, man, it's always going back and forth. <laughs> It's going back and forth. Man. But I believe the last time we did this, I chose the white jersey. Uh-huh. Um, just And I think the reason for it was like, it's a, such an iconic photo now. Right. You know, and and um, the eye appeal. Speaking of eye appeal, the, the sapphire is beautiful, of course. But this one, just the composition of the photo, the batting stance and everything, like, I think it's becoming more iconic right. as time passes. And especially for Acuna collectors and even baseball card collectors in general. So i'm not changing my mind this time um i'm going with the white jersey and i think more so now now that we've kind of gone past the 2021 bubble or the hype right. um, period i just value rare cards that much more right you know so pop count for instance is a bigger factor for me in terms of collecting interesting you know cards especially when it's we're talking about thousands of dollars right because right? Uh, so, when
1: when when we're in the height of the like uh the the boom it was it was the opposite for us where we're yeah. focusing on liquidity because exactly. you, you want you want to exit right yeah so it's 100 yeah
0: so th- that's exactly why I'm, I'm sticking with the acuna it's just uh the white jersey just because where we are in the market right, right. now and and uh, more for um, as a collector to be to be frank, the the rarity, I love it. Right. So,
1: so you're basically saying you'd pay a little bit more uh, for the lower pop count as an investment yes. long term. That would be kind of like the safe play, right? Yep. Interesting. No, nice. Um, I think I've been going back and forth with this, you know, for the last two years, and I'm still making that decision. And <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy uh, that you know uh, I'm gonna pick this, but. You know, I think for the price point where the Sapphire is, um I've I've been an owner of both cards. I've actually had mm-hmm. two PSA 10s of each at one point. Wow. And, right, right. And uh you know, both both cards were at the time, this was in 2019 when I re- when I got both of them. It was it was such a tough card to find. You know, mm-hmm. the pop count wasn't as high on the Sapphire. Um, but I feel like it's going up and maybe people are crossing more over. And I think a uh, majority of people usually uh, run into Chrome versus paper. And this mm. is why I kind of go back and forth. The white Jersey is paper and, you know, a lot more right, people right. like the Chrome and, you know, the bat down is such an iconic image. And for me, like this time I'm going Sapphire just because, uh, uh, like I said, it's the iconic bat down image and uh, a chrome version. There's no parallels to the bat down. So, normally, you know, your paper mm. variations is your US 250, which is your bat up. You'll have your Independence Day, your black, your camo, your Father's Day, Mother's Day. There's no yep. bat down parallels. So, for me, oh, okay. the Sapphire is the only bat down parallel. Uh, other than the the top series 2 sp that the bat down is right so right, right. and then the tops update kind of came later um at the end of the year uh, uh similar time when sapphire released but i just like that cool rarity of kind of like there's no other parallels and if acuña's you know bat down was his kind of like og flagship you know rookie card you know i really like that sapphire cuz it was super super short printed plus you know, you have it in Chrome, right? In a, in a parallel yeah. of some sort, even though it's not numbered. Uh, but yeah, I think you can't go wrong with either. And, you know, I'll, I'll follow up in about six months and probably choose the white jersey. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, it's, it's
0: a good one. I, and yeah, I, I, I,
1: don't... I, wanna, I would love to see if you can put, put up a poll now on Five Card Guys, see if it, uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. See what people are saying.
0: Yeah. No, I'll do that. I, I have a feeling it's going to be. 50 50 or yeah. close to it. Yeah, it's always yeah, like but, that. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I'll do that. Definitely do that uh, when this episode comes out. All right. Um, it's a good one. So, uh, my 1v1 or my pick one, uh, I'm staying with the Acuna theme, right? Because I know he's killing it. Uh, the Braves are doing well, like you mentioned. So, I'm going with the other card for the high end chasers that they would want of Acunas. Of course, I'm talking about the 2017 Bowman Chrome. First auto and I'm going high high end, all right? Okay. Gold refractor, Ooh. numbered to fifty, you know, BGS nine point five gem mint ten auto. It last sold for fifteen thousand six hundred. So okay. let's say sixteen K. Sixteen K. Okay. I'm gonna put that up with the other guy we're uh, high on, but a little bit more risk and you'll know why. Fernando Tatis says twenty sixteen Bowman chrome, first auto gold refractor, so gold for gold. Both numbered to fifty, of course, and the last one sold for sixteen thousand five hundred. So let's say we're talking about sixteen k for both Um, pop count for the Fernando Tatis gold at the BGS nine point five grade. I guess is thirty three. I don't know if this is a bigger issue with such a low pop count, and the other pop count for Acuna is thirty six. So we're looking pretty even. Pretty even,
1: yeah. I guess I guess because you know back in twenty sixteen, no one submitted. To PSA, like very rarely you would submit uh, a first True. chrome to PSA. It was ninety five percent BGS, so it kind of makes sense uh, yeah. given the high pop count with a with the number to fifty. But that's a, this is a crazy one. You're just basically asking me who my bullish on Acuna or Tatis. It's like, <laughs> man, these are my two my my two guys. And the crazy <laughs> thing is, you know, pre COVID or I, dur- during during the spike, I was. I was all in on acunia. I mean, I was all in on Tatis too, but, um, you know, things shifted for me, you know, after last year. That really scared me because I personally have, you know, an experience blowing out a knee. You know, I've had multiple mm. surgeries on my knee and I've never recovered the same way. I've all, every time I had surgery, it was like, you can only be a max percentage of your you know, previous and it goes down and down and down and that's what yeah. kind of worries me about Acuna's game because he's so high impact he's so passionate he's so fast dynamic for sure yeah it's yeah. it's kind of like the Brett Laurie uh, remember Brett <laughs> right. Laurie it's just like he was always mm-hmm. 120% and not saying Acuna is 120% because he sometimes lollygags the crap out of it which annoys me but um, <laughs> uh, yeah like to me, and then you have Tatis on the other side who, you know, you know, everybody hates on like it's incredible. Like I just read the comments and I just I, I, I I'm just like, okay, don't get upset. This is other people's opinions, but like people just <laughs> right, right. absolutely crap on that guy. It's just mind blowing. It's just he's twenty two yeah. years old. He's a freaking superstar. Um but yeah, like in terms of the cards, okay, I'm speaking too much. In terms of the cards, like what, who, what card I like better is definitely the Acuna Gold. To me, mm. the Acuna with Acuna's, you know, uh autograph that year, he took, you know, 10 minutes on each card, you know, signing, right? And <laughs> his auto is never, never looks like that. So I do like the Acuna card more. My collection currently sides with Tatis, So okay. I'm in a pickle. So yeah,
0: what are you gonna choose,
1: <laughs> man? I think I think I'm gonna go Acuna Gold on this one, just oh, because wow, okay. I I have three independent tattoos, PSA tens. <laughs> I have a Bowman Sterling Red out of five BGS ten. Like I have mm-hmm. all these tattoos. I have no Acuna, so it's like if I'm gonna go Acuna, I'm gonna go, uh, or if I'm gonna go like a gold refractor, I'm gonna go Acuna. Like I, but you can't go wrong. Like I just love. That card, I love his autograph. That year, I love that card of his. Tatis, yeah. on the other hand, he looks like a sixteen-year-old minor leaguer. So it's like <laughs> in a Chicago White Sox uniform. Which <laughs> worst trade right. ever for Chicago White Sox? But
0: anyways, James Shields, baby. James Shields, yeah. <laughs> okay, um, wow, well, I was surprised. I, I feel like you, I, I thought you would go Tatis, but um, knowing your collection, as you mentioned, yeah,
1: they kind of like makes me more side with the acuna i think
0: right now mm. you know what it's funny because i think i'm kind of in the same boat with you on this one as well like i have a Topps chrome auto oh, yeah, and i right. have yeah. uh, i have the bowman chrome Auto, of the base but in true gem grading and um and you know we, we're seeing how he's mashing in the minors that's yeah. going to kind of getting oh, me crazy. excited
2: he's played his first
1: game then again him.
0: Yeah, and then but then again, like Acuna is killing it. Like he is. just looking at his stats. He's like three homers and eight stolen bases, batting uh, you know, just a mere three sixty-seven right now. So doing really well with the one point one war to begin off begin the season. But um, it's it's a question of what makes me more nervous. You know, like Tetis coming back with everything he's been going through. Um and will he adjust quickly to Major League Baseball at the at the top level, and and also like the Padres? I feel like there's something off with the Padres this year. Maybe you know he's I mean? the like, blue. or maybe it's just a ship that's on fire and it's just going to go down. <laughs> <laughs> and, and don't uh, the, say that maybe, to my
1: Padres too. Way too early. <laughs> way it too is early. way
0: too early, but um, you know we we're all expecting them to like just out of the gates. Yeah, but, you yeah. Know, slow, slow sure. start. Anyway. Um, and then, you know, you have the Braves, like the Braves are doing what I expected the Padres to do, you know, just out of the gates. Yeah. Just just number one team and, and Acuna is doing well. So that being said, I'm less nervous about Acuna. Yeah, like, he, you know, agree. with his knee, uh, every time you talk about his knee, I get nervous.
3: <laughs> Sorry, man.
0: <laughs> so, you, you really go into it. I'm like, oh, shoot, I don't know. But, um, but uh, you know, he, he played a bit last season, seemed to be all right um still running the bases and to your point maybe a little nervous but with a bigger basis i'm hoping it'll be less stressful on his knees less a little less distance to run i don't know if that's gonna help any but he might um, steal
1: 60 bags though this year that's a there crazy you go thing.
0: right yeah. so even if it's a short-term flow if he does that hits 20 25 homers um that's gonna that should increase in value yeah. i would think yeah. so i'm gonna go with the as well all right that was a long show. Uh, of course, we appreciate all our listeners. Uh, thanks again to Denny, who joined us on the pod earlier for this episode. And uh, yeah, can't wait to have the regular gang back together for our new episode next week. We'll talk to you then. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to Cards to the Moon. We'd really appreciate you subscribing to our podcast, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can also connect with each of us on Instagram at 5 Guys or you can follow Hyung at Integrity Sports Cards or John at TradeU at Recess. You can also check us out at fivecardguys.com. Thanks again and hope to connect soon.